Welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Nick. And we're so excited that you're here. On this podcast, we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle change. You know, all the healthy shit. So go ahead and grab yourself a cup of hot or iced coffee. Or a protein shake and sit back, relax, or go on a walk. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Nick, what is up, my friend? How are you doing? What's going on, Brooke? Have my greens drink again today. Um, Clumpy again. It's only on Wednesdays. I have clumpy greens drinks on Wednesdays. I don't know what's up with that. I don't either because mine, I mean, I have my little Harry Potter blender bottle here. Shake, shake, shake. Mm. Uh, And my greens mix super well. So I don't know. You know, I like blended the shit out of it too. Because I I thought I learned from my mistake from last time. So I'm like extra blended. You know, I'm I'm using the little immersion blender and I'm going like up and down with the thing, like getting around the corners, making sure there's nothing in there. And uh, yeah, sure enough, clumpy at the bottom again today. So that's what you get for being fancy, Nick. I know. I know. That's what, that's what I get, get for, for backpedaling on green drinks. Yeah, it's just after fun. like two years of me talking shit about them. And now here I am still having them every single day. Oh, karma is my boyfriend. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> That's my mental state right now. <laughs> so I want to start today. This is a little bit of a surprise to you. Um, Ooh, I got a, I got a little fan question that I thought I'd ask us on the podcast. Put you on the Let's spot a little bit. Let me find it because I want to make sure that I word it correctly. And I got it like three days ago. So, of course, it's like buried in my Instagram DMs now. Do- Scroll, scroll, scroll. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Search function it is. (laughs) Okay. So here is the question. What would you eat if you knew it was your last meal? How would you spend your last meal? Like with friends, family, alone, restaurant, home in Paris? Would you binge? Oh my God. That is such a good question. Fuck. I don't know. There are too many good answers. Mm. what would you do I, I need to think I have had a little time to think about this so like I feel like I just have like a really nice dinner out with with my wife just her and I I don't know what I would eat would probably go to like one of our favorite restaurants that we used to go to and just enjoy each other's company instead of like binging on food and feeling like I need to get every single last morsel of everything in like I'd rather enjoy the time and the experience than the meal itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. For me, actually, that did not take me long to think. What I would do is I would go to like Ruth's Chris or like a very fine dining restaurant and just get, no, it would be Ruth's Chris because their steak's fucking bomb. And I would get a sirloin steak that was cooked in garlic butter with mm. garlic mashed potatoes some veggies on the side and some lobster mac and cheese. That sounds really good. That sounds like a great last meal. I'd top it off with some creme brulee. Of course. Of course. Why wouldn't you? That's no, why not? Literally. (laughs) Why not? Is the answer. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's a solid choice. Yeah. I think, um, I think it was an interesting question on like, would you binge? And first from someone who has previously binge ate and, every now and then still does like I know that that feeling is super uncomfortable for me and I don't want to end I don't want to end my life feeling that way that sounds awful 
No, it does sound awful. Like I would really, like you said, like have, you know, a really nice experience versus mm-hmm. like binging on, you know, who knows what. So I like that question. It was that a was good question. question. It was definitely a good question. So shout out to Julie on that one. Um, yeah. That is amazing. I, yeah, I love that question now. And you know what guys, if you have, it. if you have fan questions, uh, I would love to start off each episode with a different fan question. So, Ooh, um, here. yeah, if you got them and if next week we don't have a fan question, it's because nobody asked. So please ask. So what are we digging into today, Nick? So I kind of want to talk about PRs in the gym, how often you should do it, when you should do it, why you should do it. Because I see a lot of people in the gym frequently going for a one rep max, like every week. Um, I used to work with a trainer who would constantly have their clients do one rep maxes. And I see this one guy in the gym always going for a one rep max deadlift every single week and consistently failing because he's constantly going for one rep maxes and not building. So that's what I want to talk about today. What what kind of thoughts do you have on that to start with? I think that that's actually a really great topic because, you know, I've been to multiple gyms and I've seen this too, where, you know, every day someone's going and trying to push themselves harder than they did before, whether it's a one rep max, whether it's a five rep max, whether it's a three rep max, like I see this a lot. And what people need to realize, first of all, a PR is a personal record, a P, you know, or a personal best, meaning it's the most weight that you've lifted. Um, And I think that, you know, personal records are not always made for everyone. Like there's, you know, I feel like it's very goal dependent as well. But that is a lot. If you're going to the gym and you're trying to hit a PR every single week, that is a lot of stress on your central nervous system. Mm-hmm. So if you're putting your body under that much load, as much as you are, you're not going to hit your lips. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, people get really hung up on what they can lift for one rep, which there's nothing wrong with. Like that's literally what I compete for is to lift as much as I can for one rep. For me, I test that on the platform, on competition day. That is it. I'm not like going into the gym every week and testing what my one rep max is. I'm not going every four, every eight, every 12. It's anytime I have a competition is when I'm going to test that max lift because that's not where you build strength. You don't build the strength by shooting for that one rep. You build it by doing sets of five, doing sets of three, hell, doing sets of eight or 10, Um, And repeating those over and over with less load than you can do for one rep and building strength in that lift. And then it's, you could think of that as like studying for the test, doing eight reps, five reps, three reps, that's studying for the test. And then taking the test is when you do the one rep. You don't grow by taking the test. You grow by studying for the test. Yes. And it's important to realize that every time you go for a PR, there is so much stress going on on your body. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're trying to get a one rep max every single week, it's important to know that um, you're not going 
to feel your best either. Like that, your body is not going to feel good. You're going to feel fatigued. You're going to feel tired. There's so much that can happen. Um, I recommend that people only test their one rep maxes if they're going to a competition. Yeah, um, I agree with that for the most part. Um, I think there are some cases where there's some more like intermediate to advanced lifters that want to test their one rep max for fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I think more there's beginners. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and I, I want to touch on that too. Cause um, I have that on my little like tiny notepad that I keep on the corner of things that I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> but like testing your one rep max can be fun and it can be a motivating thing to get you into the gym. So like studying for the quote unquote test and then building and then taking the test and seeing how that training has paid off is super fun, right? That's a lot of why we do this. But for beginners, this is not something that you want to be getting into. So if you are planning on testing a one rep max, you need to make sure first and foremost, your form is on point. Now, when I talk about form being on point, there's two different ways to look at this. There's one from a safety perspective and another from an efficiency perspective. So making sure that you are not rounding your lower back in a deadlift or arching your lower back in a deadlift is from a safety perspective, because that's going to put a lot of stress there. And that's something you don't want. Now, from an efficiency perspective, maybe your shoulders aren't quite in the right position. It's not going to make the lift unsafe, but a little bit less efficient. So if the second one is your case, like you can kind of go for that bigger lift and like work on those inefficiencies, but make sure that you have the safety down first and foremost on everything. Most definitely. I always talk about mastering the basics before you're focusing on the specifics. And the basics is making sure that you're using good technique, that you're being safe, and that you know whether or not your form is on point. You know how to complete the lift. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you need plenty of experience in order to be able to get to a point where you need to, like at least, at the very least, a year's worth of experience in the gym, lifting with a barbell or, you know, doing the, the type of lift that you want to test a one rep max for, um, experience is key or you're going to end up getting hurt and we don't want that for you. That's like the ultimate fuck around and find out, you know, like that's, if, if you're not focusing on your form and making sure you're mastering the basics and giving yourself enough time to work up to being able to complete a one rep max, then you hire a coach like hire a coach that knows what they're doing. You know, this is not something that you just go in and, you know, mess around with and lift. Cause as Nick said, like you can really injure yourself. Yeah. And not only that, you need to kind of periodize your programming for this. Um, so it's not just like, oh, well, I've been fucking around. I've been doing a different workout in the gym every day. Today, I'm going to go in and test my one rep max. Like you need to start a phase with higher reps with sets of eight sets of 10 sets of six volume. and then yeah volume phase and then go into more of a strength phase where you're doing like heavy triples heavy sets of four and working your way up in weight and down in reps and then when you get to a point where you can be like okay here's test day is this day i've prepared for this 
and making sure you're deloading often because if you're at this point where you're testing one rep maxes you should be deloading and i love that you brought up deloading because it is so it's such an important tool if you're Mm. going into the gym and you're hitting a one rep max and then you're going in the next you know the next day or your next training session and you're trying to you know lift at like an rpe of like eight or nine that's not going to be helpful that's going to cause more stress yeah yeah it's so much stress on not only your muscles but your joints your ligaments your central nervous system your bones recovery yeah like you're going to feel like absolute shit if you are always training at a super high intensity um there is a time and a place to train at a very high intensity and it should be done a little bit more sparingly and i think that's a lot of a mistake that a lot of people that are new to the gym make is they feel like they need to go in and train as hard as they can every single session my dumb siri came on again again she Let's is being, she's being so disrespectful to be honest she she's is. being so disrespectful i don't know <laughs> Apple, come on. Did that come through on the last episode when that happened? Or did I it not? Actually don't know. Uh. I can't remember. Uh, he's so obnoxious. So she is. Hopefully the podcast gets that. If not, what were you saying, Nick? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember. <laughs> no, no, no. I do remember. Um, I was talking about how a lot of beginners make the mistake of thinking that they need to train as hard as they can every single session, where that is just simply not the case. And you need to take you know, a week where you back off a little bit and periodize your training in where like the first week or so is a little bit easier and then the second week is harder and the third week is is harder than that and then deload and then you're going back to like your your percentage i usually have people deload between 50 and 60 percent yeah it's it's about the same about the same yeah and so there are a lot of benefits about hitting one rep maxes nick do you want to talk about that it's fun. <laughs> That's it, folks. That's it, folks. But you it's can, fun. if if you know your one rep max, you can know percentages to base your one rep max off of for other lifts. So like if you hit a one rep max for a deadlift, let's say your one rep max, let's throw out a number here. Uh, Brooke, what's your, Brooke, what's your one rep max deadlift? Mine? Yeah. Well, I haven't done that in a long time. Uh, I think it was 235. <laughs> 235. Ooh, all right. <laughs> so then you can you can kind of base what is going on off of that. So let's say you you have a 235. So if you wanted to go for four, you would go 90% of your one rep max. If you wanted to go for six, you could go 85, eight, 80%. So kind of gives you an idea of what percentages you what percentages you should be working at. Um, and it also know, lets you know what kind of weights deload with when it's time to deload you you now know that 50 percent of your one rep max is 117 pounds there's your deload weight exactly and it's really you know for those listening who are just brand new beginners who might feel like their mind is melting when we're talking about percentages and rpe rpe is essentially the rate of perceived exertion so it's basing it's it's essentially measuring your intensity so I personally like to use the RIR scale, the reps and reserves, but just for the sake of the podcast, on a scale of one to 10, you want 10 to be 
I can't pick this up. This mm-hmm. is way too hard. I can't complete the lift. Nine is where that that's where your one rep max is. Like I may or may not be able to pick this up. I can only do one rep. There's no way that this is getting off the floor for a second. And you want to hang out, you know, your percentage wise, like percentages can be really confusing to beginners. So I love what Nick had said earlier about giving yourself time in the gym before trying a one rep max. So what, what should people do beforehand, Nick? Yeah. So like I said, like spend time practicing the movements, spend time perfecting your form. Once you've done that, then perfect working on increasing load, not at a hundred percent of your one rep max, which you don't know yet because you haven't tested it, but working in that like seven to eight RPE range for a lot of times. So again, like Brooke said, RPE, it's, it's basically a fancy way of saying on a scale of one to 10, how hard was that? 10 being you can't do it. So should be a seven or an eight out of 10 difficulty level. Yes. Um, and practice getting good at that and holding your form up under heavy load, because that's usually when form starts to break down and that's as normal. you get heavier. And that's normal. That is normal. Your, your last rep or two might look a little sloppy. It shouldn't look to a point where it's like completely changed what the lift looks like. If all of a sudden you're arching your lower back, then you have a problem and you need to work on that. Most definitely. And I forgot what I was going to say. So that was this cool. is what happens when you listen to a podcast with two people who have ADHD. Hey, hey. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> cool. Yeah, literally. Um, now I forgot what we were talking about too. It is like a tough, a tough day for my ADHD today. So that's oh, I fun. feel that I actually, you know, I got some, some good rest and that that's a good segue right there, making Mm. sure that if you are going to be going for a one rep max, your recovery from your other workouts needs to be on point. You should be getting enough sleep. You should be eating enough carbs. You should be eating enough protein because that all plays a factor into whether or not you're going to be able to hit that lift. Absolutely. Yeah. Making sure your nutrition is right. If you have a meal of a big Mac and fries the day before a one rep max day, your one rep max is going to look like shit. Cause you don't have the right nutrients in you. Yeah. Um, you just load it up on like a bunch of fat, which isn't a bad thing overall. If you're doing that from time to time, but if you're doing that right before you're about to try and go for a big lift, it's, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, gonna it's it's going to impact your lift. You know, same with sleep. If you're trying to hit a one rep max and you only got, you know, five to six hours of sleep, your mm-hmm. lift is going to feel terrible. Absolutely. Yeah, sleep is like the best pre-workout there is on the market. So, And the best recovery tool. So yeah. there is that. So in regards to like one rep max, Nick, what would you, let, let's talk about the the movements you can one rep max in should people be one rep maxing on a machine at the gym no definitely not (laughs) (laughs) i'm really glad you asked that question because it's a good question you know people will often say like hey should i be one rep maxing my hip thrust probably not because the hip thrust is more of like a hypertrophy movement it's not all that much of a compound lift you should be one rep maxing 
lifts that involve multiple muscle groups. So like really the big three squat bench deadlift, arguably you could try and one rep max and barbell overhead press. I don't love that idea, but Mm -hmm. people do it. And there are ways that can go wrong. (laughs) And there are ways that can go wrong. Yeah. Get a spotter. So like, I'm not a fan of that one, but it, it is done from time to time. Um, so really those are the big three ones that you should be thinking about squat bench and deadlift. Um, Most don't definitely. worry about one rep maxing a lat pull down. Don't worry about one rep maxing a leg press, even though it's fun to load up all the weights on the, on the uh, leg press machine. Um, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a time and place for hitting your one rep max, you know, like in the pro like the right program, making sure that you're not like doing your one rep max. I mean, I guess after work would be fine, but like making sure that you have the energy to do it on the day that it's programmed because it's okay to move that day. Yeah. And making sure what's going on in your life is makes sense at the time. I have a client that I've been working with for, wow, almost like two years now. That's crazy. Um, That's awesome. And she really wanted to test her one rep max on deadlift and bench not squats because she hates squats. So I was like, okay, cool. Deadlift and bench is fine. Um, <laughs> so she is a vet and had this whole thing where she's like on, on a farm all the time and like dealing with horses and stuff. And, and I don't know what kind of animal animals she works with, but really big ones. And she has to like move the animals sometimes. And she's like, it's, it's tough for me during this time. So it's like, okay, let's not do it until this part of your work is over. So like once that you're not on the farm all the time, now will be a good time to do this versus when you're already basically lifting animals. Pretty much. Ter- terrible. Like, <laughs> And you know, that, that leads me to the next, um, the next thing I wanted to say that I'm having a brain fart again. This is tough today. It is tough. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. Uh, oh wait. Oh, it's coming back to me. Oh, fuck. I lost it again. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I slept well last night. I don't know what my deal is. Um, That's all good. How often, Nick, if you are an intermediate lifter or an advanced lifter, how often should you be testing your one rep max? I and would you're say and you're not and you're, if you're not competing uh, at a at worst, I don't I don't know if that's the word I want to use. I'm trying to figure out if I want to say minimum or maximum. So six months is the low end, six months to a year, I would say. Um, and not every week, not every four weeks, not every eight weeks, six months to a year, because you want to build that strength before you do it again. So if you one rep max on March 1st and then try again, April 1st, you will see like no change. Mm-hmm. And the risk reward there is minimal. So if you add five pounds to your deadlift over the course of a month, that's great. Adding five pounds is awesome, but you fatigued yourself so much from testing twice in the course of a month that you're going to make less progress by doing so. Yeah. You want to really give your body ample time to adapt to the stress that you're putting it under. Yeah. Spend time building, not testing. Building is where the magic happens. And I think talking about phases is really important too. Like having a strength phase and then having a hypertrophy phase, like, you know, where one, like 
there's one month where you're really you're or one block where you're really focused on you know gaining strength and there's a block that you're focusing more on volume and hypertrophy what are your mm. thoughts on that yeah i completely agree with that and if strength is your goal you shouldn't be doing just strength all the time you should be doing hypertrophy work as well because a bigger muscle is a stronger muscle. And if you're constantly putting your body through strength phases, you're going to plateau on your lifts eventually because you're not changing things. You're not periodizing correctly and you're going to be putting too much stress. You'll be having too much fatigue. I think I already said that. <laughs> I know I've said it several times. <laughs> I think I like just said it over the course of the last three sentences. So uh yeah, we're killing it. But you it know today. what? That's that's good information. That's good to, it's good to hear over and over yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. So yeah, just making sure you're going through different phases. So like for my powerlifting stuff, like I'll go through a volume phase where I'll do more hypertrophy work and then I'll go through the strength phase. And then before competition, you go through more of a peaking phase where you do like heavy singles, heavy doubles, take an entire week off and before the competition, because you want to be well rested mm -hmm. and not still be under fatigue and stress and soreness and then compete. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that it's so important that people do lift in those phases because those volume phases are going to help your body and help not only just build muscle in order to get stronger, but it's also going to help with that fatigue. Yeah. And there are different types of phases that you can go through depending on your goals. If strength is not your goal, then you don't need, I mean, a strength phase might be a good idea for you, but you should also go through conditioning phases where yes. you do like a lot higher reps and you do more like cardio work as well. So there are many different ways to go about it. There's many different goals out there that people want to hit. So looking at it from different perspectives is super important. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree more. And how should, so with the main lifts, you also want to make sure that you're mobile, right? That you're warming up properly. Like you shouldn't be doing like a, you know, two to three minute walk on the treadmill before hitting a max lift, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, I laughed at <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So, you know, mobilize all your joints. I do like a little bit of a dynamic warm up where I do like some ankle mobilization. I do some hip mobilization, some upper back stuff, and then warm up sets for my lift. So I will, I, it looks stupid, but I warm up with just the bar for every single lift. No one is too good to warm up with just the bar. And then slowly add weight on. So I'll usually put like a 25 pound plate on each side, then a 45, then a 45 and a 25 and like work my way up until I'm getting close to what my, what my working set's going to be. This isn't just if I'm doing a one rep max, by the way, like if I'm doing sets of eight, I'm going to start just the bar, then put some 25s on. And I'm going to decrease the reps that I do in my warm-up set. Usually I start with five, then next I'll go to four or stick with five. There's no like right or wrong way to do this, except the wrong way being walk on the treadmill for two to three minutes and then go try and pull your one rep max. Yeah, it's that's just not a good idea. And warm-up sets are really important. And I love that you said you warm up with just the bar because that's what I do. Because you want to know how your body feels when you're moving in those positions yeah not only that i want to make sure i got my rack height set correctly i want to make sure that the bar is in the right spot i want to make sure that 
I can move the bar the way that I want to. My nothing feels stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Warming up with the bar is underrated. So like overall recap, make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Make sure that your training volume or training load is appropriate. Make sure you're taking deloads. You know, there's a lot that goes into hitting a one rep max. And I mean, it sounds serious, but it is. Yeah, it is very serious. And if you don't take it seriously, that's how gym injuries happen. That's As a beginner, ultimate. I can I can attest to that. When I was a beginner, I hurt my back for a long time. From Same. And I still did all the right things, right? I warmed up. Uh, but I was not ready. Oh, my my I, my form was not ready. That's what I remembered that I forgot earlier is how do you feel about ego lifting, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> do not lift with your ego, folks. Like if if you see other people like in the gym and they're lifting really heavy weight, you don't need to compete with that. You don't need to stroke your own ego by loading up the bar with more weight than you can handle. And completing the lift with shitty form with like, just overall, that's just not a good situation. Set your ego aside when you go to lift. And like, don't compare yourself to other people because as a five foot six male, uh, seeing people who are like six foot three in the gym, putting way more weight on the bar than me, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're stronger than me. Because based on their size, their weight, how long that they've been training, strength looks different from person to person. So weight on the bar is not the only indicator of strength. It's that compared to your size. Exactly. And it is really important. You know, I I did that where I would lift with my ego and I was constantly injuring myself. I was constantly fatigued because... I was putting my body under more than it can handle. So I just can't stress the importance. I mean, I've had back injuries. I've had hip injuries because I decided to ego lift and try to keep up with other people. And you know who it affected me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the only person it affects and, and try, I love that you brought up like not trying to compete with other people because it doesn't matter. Like people don't go to the gym to watch how much weight you lift. Like they are staying in their own lane. So make sure that when you're lifting, you're staying in your own lane and not doing things just because you want to inflate your ego. Yeah. Yeah. There's don't just don't do that shit. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's all I got. (laughs) You know, I don't know. All I got on that topic. I don't don't know what to tell you. You know, (laughs) every time I say that now, I'm like, ah, Brooke, (laughs) she knows that I say that. I have been saying that now and it is so much fun because it's actually super liberating for me. Like if someone's like, well, I don't know how to do this or, you know, like my, my, some of my family members, well, what is, you know, can you do it? I don't know what to tell you. Like it's, it's just been my, my go-to. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's a, it's a perfect phrase. It is. I'm going to go ahead and say that that's my trademark phrase and I'm good with that. Oh, what's, I don't know what my trademark fa- phrase is. I don't know. I don't know. I got to keep an eye out for some Brookisms over there. Yeah. There's same. definitely some, there's definitely some. I, I mean, I think the way you pronounce the word drawer is one of them. <laughs> Or tour. (laughs) (laughs) You love giving me shit for that one. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what Brooke. 
You know, one of my Brookisms that I'll say like with my, with my in-person training clients is like, are your biscuits burning? Mm. Like, and it's usually when they're doing glute work, like, Hey, are your biscuits burning? Like, well, every, and- I really like the, um, drink, drink your water, you raisin. I'm <gasps> a big fan of that is. one. That's definitely a Brookism right That's there. Definitely a Brookism. Drink or actually, you know what the biggest Brookism of all is? What? Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? <laughs> <laughs> if any of my in-person clients are listening to this they know exactly what i do did you come to be good or did you come to be great <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well That's this has so been great. a fun podcast for sure it really has been <laughs> <laughs> but yeah if you guys like want to hear like if you have questions i would love like we would love to get questions even if they're goofy questions I love goofy questions. Same. I would love for you guys to get to know us more. And yeah. And we want to get to know you too. Yeah. Yeah. We want to get to know our listeners. Because we have no idea who's listening, by the way. Like the only way that I know who's listening is if someone like comments or like sends me a message and says, hey, listen to the podcast. Loved it. I want to know you're listening. I appreciate I appreciate everyone who listens. So thank you to our listeners. And, you know, maybe we should put up a question box. What do you want to hear on the pod? I think yeah, that's a good wait, idea. wait, did we do that last week? I think we both did that uh, last week. And mm-hmm. I got one, I got one response, which <laughs> I, I won't say right I now. Did. We because we can do a whole topic. I know because you did, you did, and I shared it. And then I put my own question box over it. Yeah. So maybe you know you what, I really what the questions the, were. <laughs> on, your, on your Instagram, though, would you rather? With the red and blue buttons. When you uh, yeah, I haven't done one of those in a while. It's that, kind of fun. That, fun. You should do that again and see. But I would love for people to ask us questions, you know, even if they're silly questions. Yes. So ask ask your silliest question to us and we shall reply on the next podcast. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> cheese. Oh, cheese and rice. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I'm so out of it. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much. We will talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. We appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to join us. And if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, it helps us reach more people looking to improve their health and fitness. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.